Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me here in Thailand. It's evening, so I'll just say this evening. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. Uh, for this first talk on a series of four talks entitled Embracing Change. And some of you may know that I'm also doing a series of talks on Thursday mornings in Thailand, uh, which is around uh, the topic of compassion. And I've been doing Facebook Lives now for a couple of years. I started uh, uh, right at the onset of the COVID-19 lockdown here in Thailand on March. I think the first day I did it was March 22nd, 2020. And I did it for I did it for about a year straight every day at that time. Uh, then I, I took a break for a while, <laughs> uh, which was much needed. And now I'm back and I do a series, about a month long series leading up to a meditation retreat, an online meditation retreat. And so that's the idea here is I'm spending the next uh, four weeks every Tuesday evening, Thai time, uh, leading up to the launch of a retreat, an online meditation retreat entitled Embracing Change. And so before I get into today's offering, I'm just going to outline some of the details uh, for this upcoming online meditation retreat. And so this retreat is being offered in two sections. There's section A, uh, that is Tuesday evenings from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. East Coast time of America. And there's section B, which is Wednesday mornings, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. East Coast time. So adjust your time clocks accordingly uh, for where you're located. I'm not gonna go through and and convert the times here. Now, three hours at a, at a chunk may, may seem like a lot of time to spend together. I, I recognize that. Uh, the sections are broken up in hour and 20 minute pieces with a 20 minute break in the middle. All of the retreat sessions, uh, they meet once a week and they'll include a variety of guided meditations that I'll be offering. Uh, question and answer sessions, interactive discussions with the retreat participants and myself. Uh, if there's enough interest, there'll be breakout groups uh, provided and an opportunity too to, to meet outside of the framework of the retreat in study pods. So I find that to be very helpful as a way of uh, creating this community. The Embracing Change Retreat that I'm speaking to you about now uh, and all of the retreats and sessions and classes that I offer are offered within a secular voice. There's no religion being put forth. There's no belief system necessary uh, to receive the benefits and to put these teachings into practice. In addition to that, everything that I offer is offered within a trauma-sensitive framework. The numbers of enrollment are kept low intentionally. I, I try to cap each section at 15 people per, per, per section. So that gives uh, 
everyone ample time to, to share if they wish or connect with others. It, it really helps cultivate the community like that. So I'm not really looking to pack these sessions in with people, but rather to create a kind of a, a nice uh, cohort kind of vibe. Uh, the sessions also include one-on-one -on -one meetings with me uh, throughout the entire nine weeks. I make myself completely available uh, to meet one-on-one -on -one with anyone participating in the retreats as it's unlimited. Within reason, of course, but relatively unlimited. I try to keep it to once a week at the most. Uh, if you want to register for the retreat, but you would rather do the whole course at your own pace and your own time, you're welcome to do that. All of the sessions are recorded on Zoom and the links are made available really no later than 12 hours after the session. The link is, is made available to all of the participants. The recordings are available to only the participants in that section as a way of holding the container and honoring the confidentiality agreements that we'll be agreeing to as we enter into the course. So you could do none of the live sessions if that's comfortable. You could do a few or several of the live sessions. I realize committing to be there every week for nine weeks is a lot of commitment. That might not be possible for most people. Actually, most people I find do end up missing, you know, at least a few of the, the live sessions. The entire nine-week course is available for $99 and registration is open now. And I do recommend registering sooner rather than later if you are interested, because those 15 spots do tend to fill up. Uh, if you are interested and you'd like more information, please go visit my website, suchsweetthunder.org. Or you can message me if you have any questions or comments about the retreat or you want to find out more. Feel free to message me through Messenger or Instagram, or you can email me through the website. Okay, that's all of the announcements. I think we got through that pretty quick. <laughs> so if you don't mind, then I'd like to just do a, a very, very brief guided meditation. And then I'll get into uh, the, today's offering on embracing change. And so this meditation is selected because it fits into the theme of the course around embracing change and impermanence. And so in the practice, we'll, we'll be invited to experience the felt experience of the present moment through the body. And the reason why we do this is that the body is really in a constant state of change. Now that might seem and feel kind of abstract at this point, but if you do this type of practice repeatedly, the way we'll be doing on uh, the nine-week course, uh, we start to really experience the, the felt experience of impermanence in the body. And rather than being um, frightening, because that can sound frightening sometimes, it's actually very, very liberating. So enjoy this practice. We'll probably do this for about 10 minutes, and then we'll be into the talk.
And so the invitation here is just to arrive into this present moment. Perhaps noticing the sounds of this present moment experience. And so the invitation is just to listen to the soundtrack of this present moment. You might notice loud sounds or quiet sounds. There might be sounds generated by nature, such as bird songs, a conversation nearby, the sound of wind or rain. There might be sounds generated by electronics or appliances, machinery, the occasional car passing by, an airplane flying overhead. Regardless of the quality of sound, the origin of sound, You might notice how the sounds arise and they stay for a while and, and then they pass. And in their wake, they leave room for silence or other sounds. And so simply turning awareness to the experience of sound, we are invited then to connect with the ever-changing field of sound, of silence. And so while we're here resting in this present moment, the invitation then is to bring awareness to the feet. And really connecting with the felt experience of that area we think of as feet. Going above or beyond any concept or word called feet or body. What's the actual sensate experience? Tingling, warmth, pulsating, numbness, throbbing, tension, coolness. There's no wrong sensation or right sensation, just noticing whatever is there. And then in the next breath or two, we can bring awareness to the legs. That's just an invitation. If the legs are uncomfortable or sore for any reason, you could 
bring your attention back to the sounds if that's more comfortable or if the feet feel more comfortable, that's also fine. But the invitation here is to, to notice the, the area of the body that we think of as legs. What's the actual sensate felt experience? Tension, tightness, soreness, softness, perhaps the roughness, the texture of the clothing against the skin of the legs. Breathing in and breathing out in the next breath or two, we can bring our awareness to the weight of the body against the cushion or chair or mat. Simply noticing the sensations arising as a result of that contact. Roughness, smoothness, pressure, tension, warmth. And while we're here resting, we're invited then to notice the, the hands and the arms. And connecting directly to the felt experience, that area we think of as hands and arms, going beyond any concept or word or imagination. What's the actual felt experience? Tightness, tension, tingling, warmth, throbbing. Just feeling into the actual felt experience of that area we think of as hands and arms. And in the next breath or two, we could bring awareness to that area we conceive of as shoulders. And the invitation then is to connect with the actual felt experience above or beyond any conception of shoulders. Simply feeling into whatever's there. And if there's 
very little or no sensation, that's fine too. Just feeling into that. Just noticing whatever is there. And while we're here resting, the invitation then is to bring awareness to that area we think of as neck. And again, the invitation is to connect with the actual felt experience around the neck. Tightness, tension, tiredness, softness. And while we're here resting, connecting with the felt experience of the present moment, the invitation then is to, to bring awareness to that area we think of as face. This invitation can be particularly interesting because we tend to identify with our face. And so here the invitation is to, to let that go to at least temporarily let go of the, the idea or concept of what we look like. And to connect directly to the felt experience of that area we think of as face. There may be some, some tension the muscles around the lips, dryness at the lips, coolness around the nostrils, which changes to warmth from the in-breath to out-breath, tension around the cheeks, that area we, we conceive of as cheeks, tightness or tension around that area we think of as eyes. Noticing too the, the felt experience of that area we think of as forehead. And concluding this exploration of the felt experience by bringing that awareness to the very crown of the head. And just noticing the felt experience. And so the invitation here is, is just to rest. And just as we're able to bring that 
awareness to various parts of the body. Just in that same way, we can bring awareness to the entire felt experience, from the bottoms of the feet to the top of the head, from the tips of the fingers to the center of the heart. If you wish here, we can bring that exploration to the, to the rising and falling of the abdomen, connecting with the breath. What's the actual felt experience there as the abdomen rises and falls? Perhaps at the rising, there might be some tension, tightness tingling, pulsating. As the abdomen falls, perhaps noticing a softening, a collapsing, a loosening, pulsating. And you might notice that some areas of the felt experience of the present moment have changed. Just notice that. Notice the ever-changing field of sensate experience that we call body. And so in the next breath or two, we'll begin to shift away from this guided meditation back into a conversational space, and I'll cue that by ringing the bell three times. Thank you so much for joining me in that guided meditation. And that was, again, just a brief kind of example of one of the practices that we'll be really taking a deep dive into over the nine-week course on Embracing Change that I'm offering. And by the way, um, I'm seeing some people, hi, friends, people popping up on Instagram and, and Facebook. I really appreciate you being here. And I know that, that a couple of you have sent over questions about the compassion uh, offerings that I've been doing on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm gonna get to those on the uh, session on compassion, which is on, on Thursday mornings in Thailand. So um, yeah, if you can just be patient around that. Hi, Wendy. <laughs> you can just be patient around that. I appreciate that. And if you do have any questions about the practice that I've just guided here, or any, any questions around the material that I'm going to be offering around embracing change, um, please, please, please feel free to send those over. And I'll do a, a little Q&A segment uh, in probably a few of the sessions that I'm offering. So thank you for that in advance. So 
I'm going to read a little bit from one of the early texts from Buddhism. And uh, these, it's just it's very short. It's like three paragraphs long. Uh, so I'm not going to go on and on uh, reading for the, you know, for the whole segment here. Um, but the, these, this passage, it comes from um, a text called uh, The Noble Quest. And this is the Buddha recalling his awakening experience and, and some of the uh, insights that he had uh, just after he had his, what they call the enlightenment. And the reason why I'm reading this here today is, is we're going to be really uh, taking a deep dive into this particular writing over the nine-week course. So this is the Buddha, he says, this Dhamma, which is really a word that's very challenging to translate, but here he's really talking about this truth. Okay. This Dhamma that I have reached is deep, hard to see, difficult to awaken to, quiet and excellent, not confined by thought, su subtle and sensed by the wise. But people love their place. They delight and revel in their place. It is hard for people who delight and revel in their place to see this ground. The this conditionality. Conditioned arising. Cause and effect. And also hard to see this ground. The stilling of inclinations the relinquishing of biases, the fading away of reactivity, desirelessness, ceasing nirvana. Were I to teach this Dhamma, others would not understand me, and that would be both tiring and vexing for me. People who are colored with attachment, covered by darkness, will not see what goes against the stream. Subtle, deep, hard to see, and fine. So the Buddha really there, you know, it's quite an extraordinary statement. And there's a lot here that, that I'm not going to unpack at all today. It, would, it goes way beyond a, an hour or 45 minutes that we have together. That's why we're taking the whole nine weeks to to really unpack this. But to just touch on it a little bit today in this offering, uh, you know, the Buddha recognizing how challenging this is for most people. You know, challenging 25, 2600 years ago and challenging today. It says, people won't understand this. You know, it goes against the stream of our habitual conditioning. Subtle, deep, hard to see, and fine. And then to back up here to the first paragraph, he says, you know, I've, I've awoken to this insight. It's not confined by thought. It's subtle. It's already been sensed by the wise. He recognizes that this isn't his insight necessarily. Although he's manifesting it in a particular way, it's already sensed by the wise. 
Then he says, people love their place. It will be hard for people who delight, love, and revel in their place to see these insights. So what is that about, right? Because there he, he says, you know, I've had these insights into conditionality, conditioned arising, cause and effect, which is karma. I've had these insights into uh, how nirvana is attainable by relinquishing our reactivity to getting, getting, stepping away from our desireless, to, from our desires rather. He's had these insights, but people love their place. So there's the tension, right? So what do we do about that, right? If one of the obstacles in, in this writing, it is the obstacle to nirvana, this attachment to our place. So what do we do about that, right? Well, I think first we have to kind of recognize our place, right? If we're gonna try to relinquish those, that place or places, what is he talking about? So my place, I've made a list here in my notes. <laughs> I'm Chris, that's probably the, the identity that I resonate with the most, my name, right? Chris, Christopher, whatever. Uh, I'm a teacher, a traveler, an artist, a writer, a meditator, a spiritualist, a student, a cat lover, a food lover, <laughs> a life lover. These are all of the places that I personally love, delight, and revel in. And we all we all have these. It's not to make them bad. We don't want to make these into the enemy. But simply to recognize that this is the natural, normal tendency of the human species. To stake out our claim and to make it into a place. Because it, it provides a, a type of ground. It provides what we consider to be some sort of stability. But that's the great mistake. That's why we can't, or that's why at least it's quite difficult to recognize the stilling of inclinations, the relinquishing of bias, the fading away of craving, desirelessness, ceasing, nirvana, because we've become attached to these places, these homes, and we take them to be fixed and permanent. They seem to provide a type of solidity, a type of ground, right? So the issue there is that you know, when we attach ourselves to this place, it, it gives me, quote unquote, me an identity. And then I experience the other. 
because the other doesn't make sense unless there's an I. And the I doesn't make sense unless there's an other. But we know that this isn't the reality that we live in. We know this is counter to the actual reality of life. We know that everything is changing all of the time. That those places that we delight, love, and revel are destined to dissolve and fade and pass away. And as <laughs> I recognize this sounds like bad news, <laughs> but actually, as I said just before the guided meditation, it's extremely liberating to begin to find our home within the state of being homeless. To begin to find that ground within the flow of ever-changing experience. When we find our home within these structures that we think of as being permanent, but are destined to crumble, we suffer. We suffer when they crumble. And we suffer because we can't experience that freedom that's just beyond that letting go. So over this nine-week course, we'll spend those nine weeks getting really, really comfortable with change. To at least start to put down that foundation in that state of really a foundationless foundation. <laughs> That's the idea. So we'll be drawing on that meditation that I introduced us to at the beginning. And if you like, you can go back and do the, the practice in the recording, or if you wish, you can message me. I have plenty of practices like that on my podcast page uh, that I'd be happy to send a link over to you. Uh, just message me and let me know. And so the idea there is we bring our awareness and attention to the felt experience of the present moment. And the more we do that, the more we recognize that this body that we inhabit is simply a river of ever-changing experience. And so you might ask, well, why don't I experience it that way? Why does it feel, you know, why does my hand feel permanent? Why does it feel like a solid thing, a hand? <laughs> and the reason for that is that we have this word called hand. And the word never changes. So we identify this feeling, sensate experience with that concept that is not, that concept that's frozen. And so I look at the hand and I, I think to myself, oh, there's my hand. And it feels exactly like the same hand that it did, that did yesterday and the day before, unless I heard it or the cat scratched it or something like that. But when we are invited to, to feel 
the, in this example, the hand. Beneath, above, beyond any concept, we start to sense that feeling of change. That's always happening all of the time. And so when we can really start to bring our awareness to that experience, it's, um, everything becomes exciting actually. <laughs> because we start to recognize that no, nothing is repeated. That it's, it's just this constant river of change that's happening all of the time. And although, you know, there's summer, spring, winter, fall. There's 24 hours that have the same number on the clock. It's the same thing. We get beyond the concept of seasons and we experience the present moment. We get beyond the concept of those numbers on the clock. Just like we get beyond the concept of the body, of the hand. And as we let those concepts go, we step into that river of ever-changing experience. We find our home within the river of ever-change. We let go of those structures, those places that we tend to delight and revel in. And we step out and we experience the ground we become free from our biases, free from our desires and cravings. Because all of that, all of our desires and cravings are, are there to solidify that ground that is destined to crumble. So we look at a tree, right? We know that tree is alive. Logically, we know that that tree is this living, breathing organism, right? But why does the tree look exactly the same as it did yesterday? And we go out into the, to the yard or the park, and we know that when we look at the tree, that the tree will probably look the same tomorrow. And it's again, simply because we have that word tree, that is the same word. It's the same word all of the time. The concept never changes. If we could see the tree beyond the concept, if we can actually experience it as a living, breathing organism, an even living, breathing organism is a concept. So going beyond that, it's a little bit closer to the truth, but going beyond that and actually experiencing that energy that we call tree. When we can really experience that and connect with our world, with our reality, with our present moment in that, on that level, 
then we're entering into this river of ever change. Now, is it possible for, for someone to stay in that all of the time and function in our society? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. But it's not necessary. If we can just glimpse it for a few moments, a second, two seconds, however long, it doesn't matter. Just to have that glimpse into this ever-changing field that we call life. That glimpse is enough. Because then we start to recognize this ever, that ever-changing flow. And it's, it's not just with solid objects. <laughs> and I'll get to this a little bit next time, next week. But it's also with our emotions, our feelings. You know, why is it that we take, you know, when we feel these, a particular emotion like anger? You know, it feels so solid and fixed and permanent. When we're angry, it feels like we're always going to be angry. <laughs> And that person who, who we're feeling angry toward is always going to be the villain. Right? But we know that's not true. And so this, these practices around this ever-changing field allow us to step out of that reactivity. The ceaseless fading away of reactivity. Because we know that if we can just see it for ourselves, and that's why we practice, right? It's not enough to listen to talks like this. It's not enough to read or, or study. We actually have to do the practice. We actually have to feel the felt experience of change. Once we have that experience, even if it is a glimpse we recognize that, yes, this anger will change. This sadness will change. The feeling that I'm having right now is a part of that ever-changing field. Why does it feel so solid and fixed? Because we reach into that river of ever-change and we take it out and we look at it. <laughs> and we say, ah, I'm mad. Right? We identify with it. I'm mad. It becomes a part of who we are. Not just a part, but a, it takes up most of who we are. Right? I'm angry. And we, we, we fixate on it. We've taken it out of that river of ever change. And we're grasping it and clinging to it. And or, and or pushing it away. Wrestling with it. And the irony there is that the more we do that, it, we feel alive. It gives us a type of uh, feeling of being alive and being strong because it's strengthening our sense of I, the ego, in some circles it's called. Because it's giving us something to push against or cling to or wrestle with. Remember, I only make sense against an other. And so if we take that anger out of that river of ever change, it feels good. <laughs> the Buddha called that the poison arrow with the honey tip. 
we take that anger out, we, we, we wrestle with it, and it strengthens who we think we are. We delight, revel, and love our place. And if we're really going to connect with that, that freedom of impermanence, the freedom of this ever change that's just there, we have to let that go. And so it's a, it's a journey <laughs> and it's a beautiful practice. And so I think that's all I've got today to offer. I do want to save some more for next week. Uh, so thank you all if you're here with me live. Thank you for, for joining me live for today's talk. Um, I'll be back the same time next week with part two of embracing change. Uh, the, these are just 45 minute hour long sessions. Uh, if you're interested in the retreat, please again visit the website suchsweetthunder.org where we're taking a nine week dive, a very, very deep dive into these very, very uh, beautiful, beautiful, liberating teachings. So I hope to see you there. Uh, and uh, if not, that's okay too. <laughs> I hope everyone uh, is well and safe. And uh, I look forward to seeing, seeing you all somewhere sometime. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Oh, I'm just going to ring the bell to close it out. That's my tradition. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>